Welcome to episode eight of the Sourcing Talent Show. I'm your host, Mark Longren. In this week's episode, I'm talking to Elaine Egan from Dark Matters in Abu Dhabi about how she got into sourcing, how she got to the Middle East to set up a sourcing team, how sourcing in the Middle East is different, and what she will be speaking about at SourceCon in Budapest. This week's episode is brought to you by SourceCon Europe, the international conference for sourcers that's coming to Budapest in June this year. Go to europe.sourcecon.com and check out the agenda. Get your tickets if you haven't done so. Use our discount code SCSHOW to get 20% discount on a ticket price. I first asked Evelyn how she got into sourcing. Like kind of, I suppose, pretty much everyone, I fell into recruitment um, back in 2011. I had come back from Australia, did the whole Australia thing, came back and joined a recruitment agency um, called Hayes, pretty well known. And my main job there was to find candidates. Now, I had never done recruitment. I had never even talked about candidates, knew nothing about them other than being on the other side, being interviewed. So I was like, what the hell? I'm not going to be any good at this at all. So went in, I said, look, I'll give it a go. Went in and I was basically recruiting multilinguals from all over Europe to come and relocate to a call center in Cork um, in the south of Ireland. So it was a company called Siemens. Everyone knows Siemens. They were acquired by Atos and they had a multilingual call centre in Cork. And my job was to basically find technical support with German, technical support with Danish, technical support with Italian, every kind of European language that you could possibly think of and get them to relocate to Cork. So did that away for about 18 months, did it pretty well. And obviously agency, you know, your billing, it's all about the fees at the end of the month. It's about your... KPIs and your candidates and everything and so I, I kind of done it and I was like yeah this is great and trying to build up the multilingual desk but like very hard Ireland is a small place Cork is even smaller there's not you know there wasn't much multilingual organizations there at the time so nope. you know it was quite yeah it, it was quite difficult but you know it was a challenge and I was enjoying it but opportunity came knocking where um Siemens or Atos at the time were looking for an in-house person uh, who knew the market. They'd actually taken on our called Alexander Mann Solutions. And all that team was based in London and they needed someone that was on the ground in Cork. So uh, basically I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll apply. I'll see how I get on. Lucky enough, got the job. Left Hayes, went into Alexander Mann Solutions. I was the only person on site there um, recruiting for them. As I said, all the team were in London, my manager, my teammates. And that was really, for me, the first true position that I had where I knew what a sorcerer was. Before in the agency, you know, you're kind of a researcher or you're like a recruitment consultant and your role isn't redefined. Whereas AMS, they they have it down to a T. They know exactly what they're doing in terms of, you know, you're a sorcerer and you are a recruiter or an RS, a resource specialist and a principal resource specialist as to what they call it. So I came in as um, a resource specialist, but mainly focused on Cork. Uh, again, same thing, multilingual, but then that kind of got a bit tiring, so I kind of branched into the wider ATOS for the UK. Um, finance, IT, um, MSS, you know, all those different kind of technical roles. And I was working one-on-one with my recruiter. So my recruiter was based in London, I was in Cork, and we just worked, you know, with all the infrastructure, technology, everything needed to set up to find those positions. 
Um, so it worked really well. Like, really enjoyed it. Like, I loved it. I, I loved the company. I loved my clients. And so much so that in 2014, I got promoted and they asked me to move to London. Um, which I thought, you know what, yeah, I'm definitely going to do this. And um, it's a good company. You know, as I said, I love the clients. And who doesn't want to live in London for even if it's just for a year or sort of thing? So I was like, pack my bags, over I go, give it a shot. And um, at this stage now, 2014, I've been with them just coming up on two years. Yeah. Moved to London, spent a year there um, and spent a year with them. But at the time, you know, kind of towards the end of the third year, after doing Maslow's um, internal recruitment. So in terms of the true sourcing, you know, the juicy roles, the the real kind of like big data architects and the stock managers, and those were kind of twinging out a bit. There wasn't much yeah. of a need for them anymore because obviously they were filling roles internal. So in terms of an RPO being on site, you know, having a huge team, you know, one sourcer to one recruiter, and um, we were a little bit on the quiet side, and you know, other things happened, and yeah, life as life is. So three years later, with AMS, I ended up going back to Cork, where I originally started, and joined another company called Morgan McKinley. Morgan McKinley are an agency um, similar to Hayes, but they have um, an RPO side of the business. So they had been looking for people to join um, an IoT company called Johnson Controls that had just kind of come to Cork. And so I was like, yeah, brilliant. This is exactly what I want. So that position was more of a 360 um, in terms of we had one sorcerer on the team. And if we needed help, um, she was kind of pitching and stuff. But in terms of the general, you know, volume of positions, I was probably working at about, you know, 20 to 25 roles. And I was kind of doing that myself end to end. So I was back to doing LinkedIn recruiter, looking at engineers. And this time it wasn't like your finance and your kind of HR roles like I've been used to with with Atlas. This was like on-premises engineer, front-end engineer, back-end engineer, uh, R&D engineer. So I'm like, okay, now I need to learn what all of these things are and what who these people are back onto LinkedIn. And I actually didn't have LinkedIn recruiter. We had LinkedIn premium. So that was even harder again because you're spending yeah, so much time refining your string. Yeah, it was so time consuming. And you know, you're you're looking in Ireland and majority of your population is in Dublin. I'm in Cork, the company is in Cork. That was a real interesting uh, few months when I started. I remember when I started first, my first kind of couple of weeks, I was tasked with finding um R and D engineers. Very broad, you know, like yeah, a huge amount of technologies and everything like that. So I had this spreadsheet, and I kept track of every single connection that I make. Because with premium, you can only send a connection, and you can like, you know, tailor your connection high, blah blah blah. I, I kept track of every single connection I made, and I think in the space of like ten days, I had connected with 195 engineers in Ireland, and so far I had about three responses. So I was like, okay. This is not working. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Cork has its tech giants, you know, EMC yeah. is there, Amazon, as you said, is there. You know, so it's not like as if we're totally, you know, without no. anyone, but it's small. Like people move around from company to company, you get to know them, you're working with the last manager that you were working with before. So it was a hard task. And as I said, you know, without the LinkedIn recruiter where you could really dig into your refined searches or any kind of tools really, I mean, we weren't even able to use the Morgan McKinnon um, actual database because, mm. you know, they had other clients and the fear that yeah. we were taking from their clients to our clients and everything. So 
So that was hard. So how I ended up here in Abu Dhabi was I've been with Margaret McKinley a year. I remember it to the day. I had just come back from two weeks in holidays in Portugal. And I was sitting at my desk and I was like, okay, here comes the holiday blues. And I look out the window and it's pouring down rain. This is August. And in comes this email to my LinkedIn. And I, hi, Evelyn, just wondering if you or anyone that you know would be interested in a position in Abu Dhabi. And I looked at the email and I looked out the window and I looked back at the email and I said, you know what? Yes. This is absolutely something that I would be interested in. I was very happy with Morgan McKinney. I was very happy with the job. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and everything. But I guess, you know, I, I was looking for something more without even realizing it. And then when yeah. that email came in, I thought, you know what? Yeah. So basically, my manager rang me and goes, cyber security startup. No one's ever heard of us. We just got a website. I want to start a sourcing team. And I was like, oh my God, who are you? Because again, <laughs> in Ireland, you know, especially, and I, my only experience with it is really from, you know, Morgan McKinley, like they're truly, what they're trying to do is, 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 is great. Like they are trying to mirror that model of, uh, you know, your sourcing team and your pipelining yeah. team is over here. And then you have your recruiters who are, are facing the business, but it was slow. And companies, they're not really catching on to that kind of model. No. They're still very focused. Very early days, you're still, well, I'll just hire my HR generalist and, you know, they can fill any roles that we have and sure if we need help, we can go to agency. And I mean, you know, obviously you have the Amazons and you have EMCs that have larger teams, but it's uh, like, it's, it's slow. So, yeah. so in terms of business coming in and everything, it was, it was hard. So then when, when I spoke with Gavin, my now manager, and he was like, this is what I want to do. I want to set up recruiters. I want to set up sorcerers. Um, I want you to maybe, you know, start the sourcing team. I don't have any sourcers at the moment. Is that something you can do? I was like, yes, this is absolutely something I can do because that's what I was kind of only edging for with Morgan McKinley is to, to yeah. start that full model. So three months later, almost to the day, I landed in Abu Dhabi and started with Dark Matter uh, to oh, develop wow. this sourcing team. Um, no great, exciting story really behind this, just... Very lucky to have the opportunity come knock at my door. I remember at the time when, you know, I was talking to some um, people that I was working with in Morgan McKinley, and they were like, we are trying so hard to get recruiter jobs in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, and like, no luck. And then you, who wasn't even looking, I, I genuinely was not looking to go there, get this email, and next thing you get offered this job, and off you go. And it's, it's just the way it is, isn't it? Like, sometimes yeah, when you're exactly. not looking for it, it comes, it comes right in front of you. So, um, very lucky. So you were AMS, so obviously they have a lot of kind of sourcing training. But like, how much, how much kind of training did you do on your own? Who did you learn from? So basically, I like okay. So Hayes, when I started with Hayes, they have a brilliant training platform, but they train you for 360 consultant. So that's yeah. obviously where you get your bases. In terms of sourcing, kind of pretty much like on my own. Now, obviously, I had people, you know, that were like try this and that kind of started me off, yeah. you know, to understand what the hell is Boolean? Obviously, I was told what it was. And um, so, you know, I had that basis. And then it was, um, so that was kind of Hayes, joined the AMS then, and then I became more familiar with what sourcing actually is. So I was a sourcer, so my job was to go out and find candidates. That was not like waiting for applications to come through. It was like going on job boards, going on LinkedIn. We did all have LinkedIn recruiter licenses. So it was very much, and at the time, LinkedIn didn't have the advanced filtering that they have now. Like you literally had to put in, and it was just, honestly, it was just like, 
um, talking to other colleagues because we had other sorcerers on the team, but then reading blogs, um, I got really interested in social talent. Um, I can remember the first time that I saw Johnny Campbell, well, I, I've never actually seen him speak, but I heard of Johnny Campbell. He had done a catalyst in London with for AMS. And I remember watching his video on YouTube and I was like, oh my God, this man is like my hero. He is amazing. Like everything that he's saying is making so much sense and it's exactly what... So then I, when I saw that, I really started looking into them and they do so many amazing blogs. And then obviously Source Hub came along. And yeah. although they create the stream for you, I learned so much from that um, because they had a list of so many different ways to call a software engineer. And I was like, oh yes, this is exactly what I needed different ways of phrasing this, so kind of looking into that. So that, so really, there was no real training, no like official certificate or anything, up until I joined Mark McKinley and they bought 15 licenses from Social Talent and I was one of the 15 that was able to do the black belt. Yeah. I practically begged them and to let me do it. So, and I did that and we did it in, I did it in 12 weeks. Then, so that was my real foundation for training. Mm-hmm. Um, the technical side of it in terms of the Boolean, and um, they do a whole, obviously, session and um, mission on, on that. Um, then I was asked to give out the training to the wider Morgan McKinley within Cork yeah. and the other part of Ireland. So obviously, you know, once you do that, other people come and say, oh, have you tried this and have you tried that? And I'm like, yeah, so kind of networking and stuff, as you know, yeah. you know, about different ways of doing it. But really, to be honest, the social challenge is, is pretty much the, the only kind of training, official training that I've done. The rest yes. is go and look it up yourself. You know, look into it, um, whether it's in your own time or during work time. I, I genuinely have an interest in it. And, you know, there's so many since I started, even definitely since you started, like the new technologies that oh, are there now. Every week there's something new. Yeah. Yeah. There's something new coming out. And you're like, oh, God, how do I keep up with all of them? And that's been a struggle because... I go to something like SourceCon or I, you know, look at a blog on Total Talent and every week I come back with something new and I, I want to try them all. And you're like, okay, Evelyn, calm down. You have a full-time job. You're managing a team of four people and you want to try all of these technologies and you want to be good. Like, you just can't do it. So no. it's about kind of picking your favorites or not even your favorites, but ones that make the most sense at, at that the time. Ones that have the best, yeah, best return on investment and exactly. know, the ones that work most of the time that work most of the time otherwise your whole days will be just spent trialing and demoing these new technologies and you probably want him to try them all or you know buy them all so yeah that's kind of been it really and just keeping yourself keeping myself up to date on, on what's going on but as you said there's something new coming out every day it's kind of getting harder and harder to stay on top that's of it all it well, really about is. the team like you you started and it was just you for so, so how yeah. did you pick the whole thing off so we start. So I started, and basically there was one girl on the team, um, and they called her a researcher, and um, she was from China. And I, so I sat with her first, and I was like, "Tell me what you do." And she goes, "I just go into LinkedIn recruiter, I put in the search, and I pull up a list of profiles, and I pass it off to the recruiter." I was like, "Oh dear God, okay, no, that's not. That's such a." That's so, we're not utilizing you enough. Like, no, we do not need somebody just doing that. We need to develop you into being able to qualify these candidates and at least get them to hiring manager review that then you can pass them over. So I've been, and I'll say this time and time again, I'm in a very, very lucky situation in that my manager, Gavin, 
knows that he wants a sourcing model. So anything that I kind of put forward to him, he supported 100%. So I said, you know, this is how I see the sourcing software working. And I mapped out the whole process. So once I'd done that and the recruiters were on board, we had maybe about uh, three full-time recruiters and then myself and the one sorcerer when I started. So I said, okay, if you truly want this to work, we need to hire more people. So within the first um, three months, I hired a guy from France. He was with Computer Futures on the cybersecurity desk. And then I hired a guy from IBM um, in South Africa within a month later, actually. So within the first kind of three to four months, we hired two people. Now, that guy from IBM actually originally started as a recruiter. So we split the team, like I was saying, recruiters face off the business, yeah. the sorcerers focus on the handle. So that was fine. Then I actually, we hired a guy um, from the UK and he worked remotely. And he was mainly going to focus on pen testers. Now, mm-hmm. if you worked in the Middle East, you'll know that there's a huge amount of red tape, uh, politics are there, you know, there's so many restrictions, uh, oh yes. We, you know, environment, culture is so different. And then putting someone that's working remote into that with a four-hour time difference. In theory, it sounded great, and you know, it, was, it it worked well for a couple of months. But then in the end, it just didn't work. And um, maybe if we were a more mature company, maybe if we were like an Amazon or a Microsoft or something, and we had better infrastructure and we weren't so restricted, yes, it, it absolutely could work. But at the time, it just wasn't. So that ended, and we replaced him with a Filipino girl who had never done IT recruitment, but was, like, she's just phenomenal on the phone. Like, her free screens are absolutely fantastic. Um, and I've just extended an offer to a fourth guy who has done IT recruitment for ATHED for the past four years, four and a half years. Yeah. So my, my thought of, my train of kind of thinking was, okay, the sorcerers need to understand the positions. The recruiters need to understand the business. So when I was hiring the people, my criteria was they have to come from either IT recruitment or cybersecurity recruitment. I can't take someone who's worked five years on accountancy and finance desk and put them in and ask them to search for SOC tier one. I can't ask them to... They're not going to understand what it is. And look, maybe, you know, people do pick up things, people learn and everything. Yeah. I'm not saying that they don't. But at the same time, because we were growing so rapid, like we're doing, you know, 400 hires a year for a team that's the size of about eight, you know, I needed someone that was able to come in and be like, yeah, I know the difference between a front-end engineer and a back-end engineer. Yeah. So that's why all of my team so far have been from that IT. The person that we hired for a recruiter um, in IBM Turned out his strengths is candidates. He does amazing screening products. He loves finding candidates. He was wasted on the recruitment team. You know, he wasn't enjoying it. He wasn't facing off the business, all the noise, the politics. We we're like, you know what? I have an opening on my team. Why don't you just come over and, and see a go? And he's absolutely smashing it. He's putting in amazing candidates. He's really enjoying it. Um, and that's what you want. You know, you want people yeah. to match with their passions. If your passion isn't people and candidates and finding candidates, then you're not going to make a good sorcerer. I remember one of the first meetings that I had with Gavin, I was like, this is brilliant. You know, I'm no longer restricted by a country. I can look anywhere in the world. Like, obviously, there's a couple of exceptions, but like, anywhere in the world, it's amazing. He's like, yeah, yeah, go for your life. Like, here's your LinkedIn recruiter license. 
here's whatever else you need, your ATS, off you go. So I started, and I was like, okay, where do I start? What country do I start with? What state do I start with? What city do I start with? Where the hell do I start? So in one sense, it's like every recruiter's dream or every sorcerer's dream to be able to recruit globally. But then at the same time, you're like, oh, dear God, like where, how, where? You know, so that took a little bit of adjusting to kind of go, okay, maybe I should start actually before I go looking for this person, maybe do a bit of market mapping, see what LinkedIn says. Where is the top or where is the most engineers? Where is the most staff people? You know, exactly. and kind of narrow it down that way. Um, but yeah, every, like I would say 92% of our can, of our employees relocated. You have obviously, you know, the couple of percentage where they're already here. They've been here like for the last 10, 15 years sort of thing. Um, but they're the exception. They're not the norm. What does your tech stack look like now then? You have LinkedIn Recruiter. What kind of yeah. you know, other tools so are you and your team working with? We basically started with Jobbyte, if you've ever used Jobbyte. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Like, I mean, it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean this to be harsh to Jobbyte. We met them. They came over and everything. It, they do things, the things that they do, they do very, very well. And then the things where they just go 80% of the way and you're like, oh, if you just went that extra 20%, it would be amazing. You know, that kind of way. So anyway, so um, Gavin sent me off to SourceCon last March. Um, well, I actually begged him to go and he got approval <laughs> for me, thankfully. Um, the last day I met Hiring Solid, I met Clinch, and I had a demo of Greenhouse. Okay. And um, I came back and I said, okay, you have to, have to, have to. I fell in love with hiring solves. I said, I cannot believe that this technology exists and we're not using it. So we did the demos of hiring solves, Jim O'Dwyer, Jeremy met the whole team. And we also did a demo then with Shane from Clinch. And we invested in both. And we're very, very lucky. And I, you know, I, I say this, I say this lightly in that, and um, the company that I'm with are so eager to invest in recruitment. You know, obviously we're in the UAE, everyone knows companies and we're locally owned. Our CEO is an Emirati, you know, so it's no great secret that, you know, we do have certain budgets for certain things and it just so happens. That you can't, you're not going to have the technology locally, so you know you're going to have to invest in it. So we have to, we have no other choice but to kind of, you know, invest in. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to get um, a license for all of the sourcing teams for hiring solves. And we implemented Clinch and we implement, we did an implementation of Greenhouse. We got rid of job buys and we implemented yeah. Greenhouse. The whole recruitment team have LinkedIn recruiter. Um, and we're actually in the process of building or re- redesigning, rebuilding our careers website with yeah. Clinch. So it's him, all, yeah. yeah, it's all going to feed in. And our biggest, I suppose, challenge, Mark, is that we get inundated with applications. We probably get the bones of about four to 5,000 applications a month. But does this go to your team? All feeds into our greenhouse, yes. Um, and, you know, not to be harsh or anything, but probably 3,500 of those applications we're not interested in. What, what we loved about Clinch was, and we don't have a fully up and running setup because yeah. it really does depend on the careers website. And we want to get the careers website right first before we truly utilize the full ability of Clinch. But like mm-hmm. what that does is it allows us to kind of stop the applications. 
So, you know, you'll, our whole aim is you'll do kind of a cultural assessment first, a values assessment. If you score a certain level, then you probably, you'll get a message saying, look, you're not exactly the right match. Maybe, yeah. you know, read this before you go and actually apply. So Clinch is helping us with all of that. Yeah, so we're really hoping that that's going to reduce the number and make it more quality. I mean, that's what everyone wants is the quality. And the way that the team kind of set up now is we have it by skill set. So yeah. we're not big enough to be able to do sorcerer with recruiter to business area. No. So, for example, there's three recruiters and there's now five sorcerers. There's four sorcerers, five including myself, and it's to skill set. So my guy that does the pen testers, you know, he's got it. Like, he knows... He knows what he's doing. I don't even know what he's doing, but he's finding the people. Because he, he, he's in touch with the community, you know, and then, and then I, I will say, and there's, you know, there's no shame in saying this whatsoever, but, like, our biggest um, source of hire um, is referrals. And our second then would be source. I don't think we're any different to any other organization. Exactly. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that by any means. Um, but in terms of getting that first person in order to give you the referral, the stuff that he does, I'm like, okay, yes. He, but like, when, when they all joined, we, I put them all through um, the social talent training as well. Mm-hmm. And like, that's only getting more better. Like, from the missions that I did back in 2015 yeah. or 16 to now, I mean, it's probably brand new material because you've got this yeah. whole Sorcerer to Code, like with um, Susanna Conway, you've got yeah. Python. And wasn't there like um, a, one of the tracks in Source kind of about Python coding? I mean, and I, I'll put my hands up. I am not a technical person. That is 100% above where I would love to be, but like, I'm absolutely not. Um, but it's crazy. Like, when I started out, it was just and and R brackets inverted commas. Now it's like a whole other level. So he's really like, as I said, he's he he he'll go down to the pen testing team and he'll sit with them and he'll be like, okay tell me a little bit about this or tell me a little bit about that and staying now with our security researchers, you know, he's interested. That's what I go back to saying is that you find the person that's passionate and interested yeah. in what it is that they're, that they're going to be doing. That's when you'll get the candidates. Like that's when you'll find the because they won't give up. They like, he generally wants to find pen testers. It's not because it's the next thing on his list or the next thing on his spreadsheet. It's because that's, he's, he's super interested and the work is super interesting. So, yeah, it's scary what comes out of it. Like, <laughs> recruiting in the Middle East, like, what's been the kind of biggest challenge? Uh, relocating. Mm-hmm. Um, and the skill set. Our company is so, like, and I mean, I'm sure every company says this, but for me, like, the roles are so technical. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's positions I've never even heard of. Like, you know, there's stuff where it's like, who the hell even thought up of this? And where the hell are we going to even find this person? Um, and then when we do find them, how are we going to get them to relocate to an unknown company in Abu Dhabi in the desert? You know, so I would say definitely relocating is number one challenge. And then number two is the skill set. So finding that skill. Um, Especially, and, and we obviously recruit a lot in the US. I mean, it's yeah. no, it's no um, secret that the majority of kind of the skill sets that we look for, the population are in the US, and in particular yeah. in in Palo Alto. One thing that we actually did last year to kind of try and um, 
I suppose, makes us better was we, so we as Dark Matter, we go to pretty much every conference that's out there yeah. in the whole entire yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're fantastic at it. We do amazing stands. Like, the marketing team are truly amazing at what they do. And we, as a recruitment team, tend to go along. Um, but the big ones, like, we're going to RSA now in April um, in San Fran. But last year, um, myself and Gavin went to Black Hat, 40-odd people from the business, and then myself and Gavin went along. And what we did was we actually engaged with a company called 33. And um, they're like this kind of, yeah, media marketing company. And we targeted about four weeks before the conference, we targeted a certain pool of candidates. And um, all from pretty much all working in either um, Palo Alto or the surrounding Bay Area. Mm-hmm. had either been born in kind of the Middle East, India, relocated to the U.S., and had been educated and is, is working in the U.S. So we got, um, we held a cyber symposium in the Four Seasons in Vegas. We live-streamed it up to Palo Alto. We just got, like, um, Palo Alto is cool, all these cool meet-up places and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Gavin went up to Palo Alto. I stayed in Vegas, and we had 20 people show up to each location. It was just, like, networking, um, a panel, like some presentations from our EVPs and our SVPs, and then a panel of like relocating back to your region and yeah. what it is that we're doing, the skill sets that we look for and everything. And out of that, um, I think we've hired so far like three to four people, one of whom is our chief scientist who was a HP fellow which is oh, wow. pretty impressive. Like that, originally born in India, but like moved to the U.S. very, very young. Exactly. Lived his whole life, worked his whole life in the U.S., but still has family back in India, wants to, yeah. you know, move through and, and try something new. Some people are just like, you know what, I'm sick of the valley, I'm sick of Palo Alto, I'm sick of the, you know, because it's so, I mean, I've not experienced it myself, but the work, it's, it's, it can be really like cutthroat. It's like, it's expensive okay. as well. Yeah. And the next thing, it's expensive, you know, so they're like, you know what, yeah, let's give it a go. All of, pretty much most of our SVPs that we have are relocated from the U.S. and one from Australia. And they're just like, you know what, we spoke to back in the day when we were starting this, it was obviously the CEO that, we're doing, that was doing the interview. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his vision, he was like, yeah, like, this is exactly what I want. Like, the vision that you hear from the CEO you're instantly bought in. And that is one thing that we find is once we get the candidate on the phone, they get over the fact that we're in Abu Dhabi, safe, <laughs> nice country. Okay, yes, it's the desert, but like it's very modern, it's very Western. Yeah, exactly. Um, don't pay tax. So, you know, and once you kind of get them on the phone and the hiring manager goes into that technical detail about the job, they're sold. My famous yeah. story that I tell, and I tell this every single time somebody says, because you know, you have people that are like, oh, my kids are in school, and how yeah. can I take them out of school? And I'm like, okay, one of our SVPs, yeah. he relocated six of his nine children from Utah in the U.S. If he can do it, you can relocate your two kids that are like four and five. So block, and look, obviously uprooting your family, your kids, taking them out of school. Not for everyone. Friends. Not yeah. for everyone. It's not, and then, you know what I say? Look, thank you very much, but this probably just isn't going to work out. And, and, we, and we go our separate ways. And that would be the person though, that you probably get a referral from. We have 680 odd employees and 62 nationalities. Yeah. Um, on, my, on my talent acquisition team alone, there is something like six different nationalities and there's nine of us. 
So like there's huge diversity, like it's insane and every single nationality has a different way of working. Um, So that was even today and I'm here now nearly a year and a half, I have that oh god if this was Ireland or the UK this would not be happening or if this is Ireland or the UK this is the way we'd be doing it you know that, yeah. I mean I think I think you do that no matter what country you go oh you always have that yeah when I live in Australia I said the same thing when I lived in London I was like geez that's not how we do it back in Cork anyway you know so it, it doesn't really matter but it's just because there's so many different nationalities and you're working with so many of them on at the same time it can be quite overwhelming um especially at the beginning but then you know you just yeah. learn you figure it out, you're like, okay, this is the way that this person likes to work, this is the way that that person kind of works, and you just get on with it. We're all there to do the same job, or we're all there to do a job, so we just well, get on with it. So you're speaking in SourceCon uh, Budapest as well. Uh, yes. What's your topic going to be about, and uh, what can, can people look forward to there? So yeah. what, I thought I, what I thought I would do it on is kind of like what my experience has been in kind of taking this journey of developing a sourcing team in the Middle East, in what the difference is between sourcing here in Abu Dhabi to what it was like sourcing back in London um, and the kind of different ways, the different challenges. Um, obviously, I'll talk about the technologies, um, but I think the main kind of thing would be around the engagement and the engagement. I find here that we do a lot more uh, personalized emails and yeah. personalized engagement than what I would have done you know, back in Ireland and the UK. And um, again, you know, chances are when I was in Ireland and the UK, people knew who the companies were, people knew who Atos were, people know who Jump Controls are, you know, the brand is already out yeah. there. Whereas here, like, you know, we're an unknown company, but yet we're hiring people, we're trying to take people out of Google in Palo Alto and convince them to come over here. So all kind of about that, how we do that kind of engagement, but also, you know, as I said to you, like how I ended up hiring the team, the technology is pretty much just a round robin of what it's been like for the last year and a half um, here in the Middle East. Um, and I hope people will take something from it. I hope they'll take it. I want to keep in touch with you. Like, where, where, where can they best find you? So I'm very active on Twitter. I make mm-hmm. sure that I'm on Twitter daily. My LinkedIn. I have my work email address on my LinkedIn. Um, okay. I think my phone number is on LinkedIn. You can literally contact me through any avenue. I'm a wide open book. There's nothing hidden. Um, so anywhere, LinkedIn, Twitter, they're probably the two top ones. And then, as I said, my work email is on my LinkedIn account and my, phone, my, my work phone number is on it. But Perfect. I don't think anyone would be interested in calling me in Abu Dhabi, to be honest. But, you know, there's other ways around it. Don't want that me or WhatsApp video because we can't get WhatsApp video. So, you know. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's because of restraints. Yeah. Restraints, yeah. But that's, as you said, it is what it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the best way to stay in touch. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting you in Budapest. Me and, too. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Mark. It was lovely right. chatting to you. I'll talk to you, you soon. Too. Talk to you soon. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Thank you all for watching. If you want to be one of the first ones to know about new episodes, make sure you subscribe to this channel.